Let's do this. All right. Welcome, everyone, to episode eight of the Goulet Pen Cast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. And I am Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver the casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to talk about our fountain pen pet peeves, what inks that you should never use in a fountain pen, replacing our Tootsie Pops in Goulet orders with dots No, we're instead. not. We're not going to talk about that. And we will do some blindfolded pen recognition and see which of us has the better sense of touch. That we will do. Yes, we will. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a fun one. The thing that I will say uh, about the today's podcast is that we are using some slightly different equipment. So if any of the audio sounds a tad different or any of the video looks a bit different, it's because Drew and I are, we don't really know what we're doing. Uh, but anyway, hopefully it all works out okay. We're staying on theme. <laughs> yes, we are. So the let's start out with some, we're doing. let's start out with some feedback. Yeah. Shall we, Drew? I wanted to mention one nugget of feedback that we did. I posted on Instagram last week about metal grip sections because with the new Black Forest Lamy Studio, I've been getting some thinkings in my brain about mm. metal grip sections. And okay. the studio is so super popular, but yet I do hear some rumblings. Mm about the super slick metal grip section. So I was like, how can a pen that's so, so, so popular have such a common complaint? So I put it out there. I was like, okay. all right, okay. what's the deal with metal grip sections? What do you think? And overwhelmingly, I just basically just said, like, hey, cool or uncool? And everybody thought they were cool. It was like 1,000 to 200 or something like really? that. Really? Oh, it was huge. I would have thought it would be more split down the it's middle. It's absolutely not split down the middle huh. at all. Do you think this is like a vocal minority type of situation where people who don't like the metal grips are just, they really don't like them? Yeah, but I but my question was also vague. I just said, hey, metal grip section is cool or uncool. And in oh, the, okay. I've also posted it in the Instagram post where mm. there was some conversation. And okay. I found it interesting that, you know, most people were like, yeah, metal grip sections are cool. Except for the folks who said it, the, the super slick ones are a no-fly zone for me. Oh, so, so not everybody associated a metal grip with a super slick Right, well, I mean, that thing. that's what I... Yeah, I posted a picture of the studio, the mm. Diplomat Arrow, the um, Twisby ALR, a couple like okay. a couple like that. Okay, okay. Because, I mean, there are a good variety of metal grip sections it's out true. there. They're not all super slick. In fact, I would say most of them are not super slick. That is true. So metal grip sections overall seem to be cool but those super slick ones can be a little divisive maybe those are the ones that people have more of an issue with yeah i was surprised i didn't hear any complaints about the twisby alr though really yeah nobody was bothered by it no one brought that up huh how about that yeah so that twisby alr is the one with the kind of uh, the, ridges, the, te the, the textured texture, yeah. grip section yeah oh rachel hates that grip i just got a prussian blue that. and i love it is that yeah. your first twisby it is. We can talk about that later. When we oh, talk about okay. What's on my okay, desk? Okay, we're gonna talk about it. Okay. Um, cool. And another thing that I wanted to mention was we got some good responses to your most recent video. Brian did a sequel to one of our most popular videos of all time: hey the top five fountain pens for newbies. The I think that is one. the most viewed video that we've ever done. Bigger than fountain pen mistakes. I think so. Yeah. Dang. I think that one's number maybe number two. Ooh. All right. Yeah. yeah. So we did a sequel to that. Brian mm -hmm. knocked it out of the park once again. Good job, buddy. Thanks, Drew. And uh, that was fun and good good feedback on that. It also got uh, some people thinking about other videos we should do um, remakes of. And oh, somebody yeah. brought up the Quick Draw video. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I do remember that one. I yeah. So with um, our very professional acting. Oh uh, yeah, that it was we did. Very, very good. That was one of the only times anyone used that 
massive, gigantic, foolish coat that I had. That's also probably the only article of clothing you own that I could actually fit in. Oh, it's enormous. I mean, it, it is. I bought it at a Renaissance fair, wore it at the fair because I thought it was really cool, and then it's just been in my closet ever since. Oh, it was a should, very, uh, very smart purchase. Maybe I should talk to you about that because uh, I could probably find some quasi-legitimate uses for it. I mean, it's functional. Anyway, so I thought that was funny. It was a good uh, trip down memory lane to watch that goofy video. I'll link it here so you can at least enjoy the first couple minutes of it. That was definitely a fun one. Uh, got a couple pieces of feedback myself. Um, one of them was from MCJ084 off of our last video on YouTube. Uh, said, 84. Said, I loved this in reference to the deep dives. Ah. Uh, you need more deep dives and to get the bathysphere to really go for it. And I was like, is that a typo? No, bathysphere has its own deep dive that you could get into. I know what a bathysphere is. Of course you do. It's from I, it's it's uh, heavily featured in the Bioshock game. Oh, the first two, anyway, not like, the third one. Like most of Drew's historical knowledge, it most stems of Drew's from video knowledge, games. Period. Yes. yes. It, it is a submersible of some kind that takes you to an underwater dystopian city. Uh, well, I don't know about the dystopian city, but... Um, uh, so it was, the bathysphere is a unique spherical deep sea submersible, which was unpowered and lowered into the sea, uh, sorry, into the ocean on a cable and was used to conduct a series of dives off the coast of Bermuda from 1930 to 1934. There is a Wikipedia page about it and it gets into all kind of stuff. But it was basically like early kind of marine biology studies. Hmm. Yeah, and it was like set records for deepest like undersea exploration, 3,000 feet below. So kind of like a, a more functional diving bell. Yeah, more or less. Interesting. More or less, yeah. So, but it was, you know, an early submarine of sorts used to study science things. So anyway, that wasn't the point. Um, well, you answered the a deep dive related question with another well, I, deep dive. So I just thought a little a deep dive inception was kind of fun, but um, the real feedback I wanted to get to was um, they suggested make a deep dive section on your website for us geeks. And would you consider a new category for deep dive videos separate from Q&A? thought that was interesting. We could um, do a playlist for those. Yeah, we could. So I know we've done a lot of Q&A slices from the past. The mm -hmm. deep dive thing, that has been, I've been doing that for years. Mm -hmm. We just never called them deep dives. No. But I've done plenty of 25-minute answers to a single Q&A question in past episodes. And why would someone want to watch that? Hey, you know what? There's all kinds of weird stuff that people no, I watch know. on no, the actually, internet. No, so. I, I completely agree. <laughs> I, I was thinking like, hey, we should slice out that paper rant and put that on YouTube because we got a lot of good responses about that. I wouldn't 100%. watch it again. But hey. You didn't even want to be watching it as <laughs> it was happening. Be in the room. Yeah, that was very evident on the video, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, it's not for everybody, but I think it makes sense. Like if you want, if you like that style of video, maybe slice it onto its own thing. So I don't know, no promises, but it's something to consider. It seems that this is a, this is a thing. Yeah, it wasn't about the paper. It was about you. Yeah, of course. You know, the more people can hear me talk and see me get excited about really obscure things, I guess the better. Awesome. Um, and then I have one more piece of feedback that I forgot to write on here, but oh. uh, I didn't write where it came from, but I just remembered it as we sat down to do this. Uh, somebody commented on last week's video that I said the word like a lot in the last video. And I was like, really? See, I just said it. And I said, really? I went back and watched it. I was like, holy crap. See, I just noticed. I just said it again. Now I'm going to be thinking about it constantly. I say it all the time. I use the word like so many times in the last video. So I want to apologize, especially if you're an audio listener. I'm going to try and probably fail pretty bad, but I'm going to try both not to say that word as much. I'm still going to say it a lot, but I'm also going to try not to point out when I say it every time, which is my natural inclination when I realize how much I'm saying it, which is probably as much if not more annoying than actually saying the word is saying it and then pointing it <laughs> that's out. That's true, that's true. And then, uh, yeah. anyway. I say like a lot and I say, you know. 
you know, all the time, you know, you know, you know, you know, oh, yeah. constantly. That's a good one. My parents say that one a lot or no, that my parents say, uh, and, and then I said, or he said, or she said, that's, they say that a lot. I do that too. When I'm telling stories, I'm like, telling story. And then she that. said, and, and then I, like, said, and and I like, said, and then she said, and then he said, and then I was like, and she was like, and then he was like, it happens. It's really annoying. I annoy myself with it. Well, that's okay. We'll try to be better. We sure. are human. All right. That's what we got for feedback for this week. Let's move on to some new stuff, shall we? New stuff. Let's talk about new things we have coming in. Uh, one thing that we do have coming is sort of exciting. Um, the new color of the Lamy 2000. It's sort of a mixed bag of excitement because yeah. it is very expensive. So it's a 575 MSRP, I think, which is pretty pricey. It comes in a commemorative box and it's limited edition and all that type of stuff. But basically, it's a brown Lamy 2000. Yeah, it's got, it's got a cool you know. like brown metal clip, just like yeah. the, the Bauhaus blue one had kind of like a... Uh, mm-hmm. Wait, mm-hmm. hold on. No, that one was just no, regular clip. Steel, yeah. yeah, now that yeah. I'm thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. So, hey, if you didn't think that that price was justified, that brown clip, yeah. that's where the money is. It's 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 a special thing, and, and I think most people would be like, why would I get... Yeah. Why would I pay that much for a brown pen of all colors? Because let's be real. Whoa, brown pens, fired, sir. Anything with the name or word brown associated are, with you, it. You disgust me. <laughs> that, is, that is a... I'm taking that person. It was a cheap shot. What can I say? It was. You know, but, um, yeah. what can brown do for you? Um, <laughs> UPS doesn't use that slogan anymore, do they? No, they don't. That's rude. That's because, yeah. Anyway. It kind of ran its course, I guess. I guess so. They use it for a while, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's a cool pen, but yeah, it is functionally the same as a Lamy 2000, yeah. but you're pretty much paying for the fact that only you among your little group of friends will have one. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to keep one because of course i'm going to for posterity yeah exactly so you know we'll be able to show it in the future i don't have it i haven't seen it all i've seen is pictures and stuff like that but we know that it's coming at some point uh also we have the platinum 3776 next limited edition which is kinshu yeah this thing we only have a really grainy image so i don't know exactly what I mean, it when will the look like image looks good the though, image looks pretty wild yeah it kind of looks like you know what it reminds me of is like you know how The Rock has like all these tribal tattoos yeah. like on his shoulder and stuff? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the pattern that I think it looks like. Interesting. But it's a very grainy picture, so I can't exactly tell what the pattern mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. But, but it has this a, like swirly engraved kind of thing going but it's on. A, it's red. Yep. It's a red, kind of like a nice jello red. That's jello a, red? Well, yeah, like trans- a jello cherry? Transparent red always makes me think of jello. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, what else That's in your life? Classic, like it, yeah. Yes, it is, it is the most commonly hmm. transparent red thing in my life. Kool-Aid? I think of Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid has not entered my if life as liquid. much as Jell-O has. Really? In my 30s, 37 years. Yes, sir. Okay. Fair enough. I think just, you know, I tend to associate those two things with like... I mean, if yes, you're one is solid, eating one is Jell-O, you're probably drinking Kool-Aid. I don't know. I don't Especially know. if you're like of the 80s, 90s. Oh, I, I feel like still, both of those things were pretty popular. I then. will still partake in some Jell-O from time to time. Yeah? No, absolutely. Really? Yeah, make myself like some jigglers. Old school, like, just gelatin? I just, I just, just the get, jiggly, not I the just, pudding, not the... No, 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 no. I, just get a, I just get a glass pan, you, you pour like it in there. Voluntarily make your own jello. And yeah, cut it, it into squares. I'll, like, eat it every now and then if it's at a salad bar of some kind. It's and delightful. There's, there's all you have is jello and, like, that mushy, like, green, no, no, no. marshmallowy kind of dessert. No, sir. I'll, like, no, and I'll I like my jello to be pretty solid, too. Oh, you can't have that like liquidy. No, nothing that nothing no. that needs a utensil. No, absolutely okay. not. Fair enough. Glad we agree on that. That needs a utensil. What yeah, like mean? like you know, like if you've uh, 
got a jello, a bowl of jello, like in the cubes, and you like eat it with a fork. It's like that mushy stuff they either serve at hospitals or yeah, well, like just, buffets from the early nineties. It's just cubes of regular jello. Isn't no, it? no, no, no. Jigglers are different. It's a different recipe, man. Oh, messy. I'm not as uh, yeah. clearly not as up to speed on the yeah, jello like situation. Jello, you get it like you know Ruby Tuesday's buffet, 1995. That's different. Ooh. Piccadilly, 1991. You remember that place? <laughs> I do remember that place. Piccadilly with I cleaned the restaurant hoods at that restaurant. No, you did not. Yep, when I was in college. Oh, man. Worked, that was a, the single worst job I've ever had. Was that was a place that was cleaning serving, restaurant hoods. It was a buffet. You'd get like the jello glass bowl, but with the saran wrap cellophane thing on top of it to keep it mm. fresh. <laughs> I don't know. The illusion of freshness, maybe? Yes, exactly. Anyway, so, yeah. Great. Now, I'm glad we've associated this now with this really expensive limited I want the pen, pen really bad now. But it looks kind of cool. We hope to show better pictures of it. But anyway, that is also coming. And then we have the Diplomat Aero Black Stripes, which we mentioned in previous pen casts. Uh, that is actually going to be arriving. I believe it's going to be here next week. So I'm very curious to see what that one looks like in person. Yeah, it's, it seems see like it. Diplomat is discovering a new way to do their arrows, mm. like this kind of double yeah. color thing. And I'm hoping that we might see more creative designs. I, I think this is, yeah, this is definitely, D- Diplomat, they're they're definitely up for trying all kinds of stuff. Yeah. They're testing new colors all the time and uh, trying new techniques. And I think uh, this is not the, the last of things even that we know about that are coming. It's, it's the most current of what we can talk about, yeah. but there's some other cool things they're trying out that we can't talk about yet. It's going to be neat, though. Yeah, it's cool. If you like the arrow, more exciting things are coming. Also, if you like things, things to get, if you... <laughs> if you like if, things. If you like Diamond segue. Golden Sands, you're going to like Pelican Golden Barrel. All right. Uh, which you can't get because we're sold out. But it was the <laughs> yeah, newest... Right. Edition within the Pelican Edelstein their, line. Their ink of the year. Yes. If you're familiar with the that. Year, they come yes. out with one ink every year. They've been doing it for five years, six years. That's it? I thought they've been doing it like forever. No. No? Oh, well, wow. the Edelstein's only mm, nine years old, 10 years old, yeah, something like yeah. that. So they started the ink of the year a couple of years later, and they've been doing an ink of the year every year since. But it is their first shimmering ink. So it is a yellowy gold shimmering ink with lots and lots and lots of gold sparkles in there. It looks oh, beautiful yeah. in the bottle. And I mean, those Edelstein bottles. Oh, oh my goodness, those things Especially are... to show off the shimmer, it's like hyper-intensive, like swirling action happening in that bottle. It looks so cool. Yeah, very, very Instagrammable. I dig it. So dig that it. came and went, but it'll be back. Yeah, it's not know. like a one-and-done kind no, of we'll deal. No, we'll get more. We'll get, I don't know Pel- when, but... Pelican's been pretty disrupted during the whole COVID situation. So the ink already was delayed several months. We just got a shipment in, what was it, a couple weeks ago? And then uh, it sold out in yeah. a few days, and then... We have more on order, but we have no idea when we're getting more. But it's not supposed to be a, a limited edition in terms of like one or a certain number of bottles, like one shipment. But uh, anyway. Yeah, just sign disrupted. up for the wait list. Go to the product yeah. page. Put in your mm-hmm. information on the notify me section, and we will let you know when it comes back. There you go. And then we also launched the newest regular line within the Retro 51 Rollerball mm-hmm. department, the Douglas pen, the pen yeah. modeled after or inspired by abolitionist and author Frederick Douglass. So yeah. that is available now. It's a uh, kind of pewtery, um, uh, stone-washed look to mm-hmm, it. Um, mm-hmm. um, computer engraved is what they're calling it. Computer That's what engraved. it says, computer engraved. Okay. I'm thinking that means laser. Could be, or CNC, like router type thing. Oh, so it could be, okay. yeah, the computer could do it several different computer ways. Computer can do lots of things. Yes, indeed. Mm, all right. But I'll tell you what a computer can't do is answer your Q&A questions. And that's what Drew and I are about to do right now. 
You like that segue? I love it. I feel proud of that one. All right, Brian, I'm going to ask you a question from <laughs> Liam Daubry of Instagram. All right, Liam. Liam asks, does the size of a nib, not the nib grind, the size of the nib, does like the physical size, size yes, of the nib. does the physical okay. size of the nib, Brian, change how a fountain pen writes? Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, anything that you change on a nib changes how it writes, yeah. basically. Now, the tipping material, like if it's going to be, if, uh, you know, even if it's a massive nib or a small nib, the stroke is going to be the same. I mean, generic, generically, you know, mm-hmm. a fine is going to be right like a fine, a medium is going to write like a medium, but the shape can really make a big difference, especially oh, when yeah. you get into those monster nibs or the really tiny mm-hmm. nibs. Yeah. Like if you, you can't say that the writing experience is going to be the same with a Lamy, uh, Lamy Extra Fine and then and pilot or Namiki Emperor extra fine like right. that's very different it's be just different because of the size for sure for sure the thing that I keep in mind is that you know it would be so nice for people in the fountain pen world if you could just like make a buying decision off of like one factor right but no you have to kind of know like everything about everything to know what makes one nib or one ink or whatever different from another and this is de- definitely a classic example of that so the the short answer of this is yes the overall size of the nib will make a difference in how the nib will perform however it's not like you can say all small nibs perform like x right. and all large nibs perform like y the truth is that yes it is one factor in how it can change how a nib writes mainly in that the larger the nib is the more leverage you have when you're writing so therefore perhaps the springier Mm -hmm. it could be while you're writing but that doesn't mean that all large nibs are springier than all small nibs because there are other factors absolutely the material of the pen the the width of the nib not just the length the thickness of the nib material itself yep that is one of the bigger factors you know there's so many different things that can come into play and the, the problem is when you're shopping for a pen you don't know necessarily which of any of these may or may not come into play. There are multiple factors involved that can all influence each other. So essentially we end up with a situation kind of like when you're shopping for wine, you're like, okay, I know a red wine versus a white wine. There will be fundamental things that may be different. However, there are going to be so many things that need to be explained per wine that have all this context and required all this experience and expertise. It's not completely unlike the the fountain pen world in many many ways yeah so it's the the truth is yes it has an influence but it's not like you can just have a drop down filter on our website for overall nib size and determine really much of anything based on that fact alone yeah there it generally speaking smaller nibs are going to be maybe a little bit more stiff but Mm -hmm. then there are pens that totally throw a wrench into that like the lamy 2000 i would say has a more springy writing experience than say a platinum nib you know, platinum nibs are pretty stiff. Platinum yeah. nibs are what five, ten times the size of a Lamy two thousand nib, or a vanishing point. You know, it's a very short nib, but it's also very thin and small. Mm-hmm. So that's got more bounce to it mm-hmm. than than arguably a platinum, like almost number six size. Yeah, standard so nib. It's definitely not a standard thing. But to answer yeah. your question, yes, size does. <laughs> it's a play factor. A role. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it doesn't help you all that much, other than to <laughs> say like it it it. It doesn't actually help you when shopping, per se. Yeah. All right. Next question we have. This is from Pulver Hudson on Instagram. Are there any inks that you should never use in fountain pens? Never use. Yes. Yes, there are. Now, to to kick it off, everything that we sell on our website, in our stores, all Mm. of our safe, all of our... uh, 
all of our inks are safe to use in all of our pens. Yes. Now, we, that, we can't guarantee that our inks are going to be perfect for all pens ever made of all time because right. we just don't know. Or that they will be to your liking in terms of their maintenance or, you know, things like that. Right. But they are all intended to work properly in yes. fountain pens. None of the inks we sell will harm any of the pens we sell. There you go. Unless you count staining as harming. Or flow issues with shimmering, all right. that kind of stuff. This is where it can vary <laughs> a little bit. There's some subjectivity. Yeah, I mean, there certainly are inks it. that we sell that will stain more than others. Like yeah. Bay State Blue. Pretty much everybody knows that that thing's going to stain whatever you have well, it, it depends, in. Well, it depends what you consider stain. I mean, it will it, leave blue behind that will, it will require leave blue behind. It will clean out with bleach, but not every pen is great to clean with bleach. So Correct. therefore, you know, that's where you can get into some issues. Again, so everything's got to be yeah, nuanced. If you want to talk about like maintenance, then yes, absolutely. Yes. You could rank every, you know, one of our 700 plus inks that we have on our website in terms of, you know, low maintenance versus high maintenance. Yeah. And the difference between the number one and number what 725, whatever, <laughs> it's those gonna are going to be very, very different. Yeah. But, but it's not like it's gonna it's not like it's gonna melt your pen no, or like not. freeze it up or anything. But now, we do get a lot of folks that go to a craft store and they mm. see ink, they buy the ink. Yep. It's India ink or it's some sort of some shellac sort of like based shellac based ink. or acrylic based ink that's made for calligraphy. And they pens. put that in their fountain pens. That is a whole different situation. That's like putting diesel fuel in your gasoline engine. You're like fuel is fuel. It's a vehicle. What's the difference? Well, the in those same ways, it just it functions entirely different inside the pen. Yeah. So, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, you will have a bad time if you put, mainly it's because the acrylic or shellac, those things will dry out. They're stickier, they're thicker. They won't flow through the pen, first of all, but then when they like dry up, cure up, seize up, the way to clean them off is with alcohol, and alcohol in a pen with any type of plastic components to it is not good. So you essentially can't really clean it out without ruining your pen or disassembling it entirely, which it's basically glued together at that point. So it's it's a big old mess. So don't use calligraphy ink in your fountain pen. Use fountain pen ink and then you'll pretty much be okay. But like Drew mentioned, if you have certain vintage pens, especially if they're made of, you know, older, you know, more delicate materials, yep. certain things mm-hmm. like casein, is a little finickier with certain inks. There are some older celluloid pens that may have more staining and may have more like, you know, in impact from modern ink technology. Uh, those kind of things, they're really a special case. And if you're into those pens, you probably know more what those, you know, intricacies are with those materials. And that's not to mention, you know, vintage sacks as well. In oh yeah, the internal components, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm, you might mm-hmm. A, have a pen which has a sack material that is completely incompatible with certain yeah. modern inks, yeah. or B, you could have an internal sack that is, you know, cracked and, you know, a certain yeah. type of ink will completely exacerbate, you know, the stressed components that are already existing in there. Yeah, that's a whole other deep dive that we could get into, and neither you or I is super qualified to speak on that. That's more of a pen repair and, like, vintage pen collector restoration type question, and that's... As much as we like to dive into things where we barely know what we're talking about, that's one where I really keep my boundaries. That, that's one where there can be consequence for ineptitude. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so again, keeping that in mind, vintage, especially really, really vintage, like early 19, early to mid-1900s vintage, yeah. that's where you get into lots of changing technology and chemistry evolution and stuff like that, that it's a whole other thing. Um, but I will say that, you know, like Drew mentioned, some of the ink that we have has some special properties to it 
where again, it's not gonna ruin your pen, but requires more maintenance, special consideration. Some people may consider them something you shouldn't put in your pen. That is up for debate. They just may not like the maintenance or the perhaps implications of some of what it can do. Those ink properties would be considered iron gall. Mm -hmm. You know, those are, it's a permanent ink, but it's highly acidic and it can, you know, deteriorate some metals and some pen materials uh, over time. Modern iron gall inks are really pretty tame. But especially if you have vintage iron gall or really traditional iron gall, that's, I mean, you can literally like grab oak galls from your yard, grind them up, and make ink out of them. That was traditionally pretty much how it was done. Probably gonna avoid some warranties with that one. You will. Well, that's not for fountain pens. That stuff, it's like, you talk about the Renaissance fairs, like that's the kind of stuff that you do there. You yeah. like grind it up and then it's this thick, yeah, you buy, it, buy kind of stuff. And... Yeah, exactly. That's how that stuff is made. So if you're using that kind of stuff, that's not meant for fountain pens. It's for quills and dip pens and bamboo sticks and that kind of stuff. Um, so that the but the modern iron gall, the fountain pen iron gall that we have is really pretty tame. Yeah, it's very little iron gall. Um, shimmer inks that has a pigment in it, the glittery mm. stuff. That is going to be more maintenance to clean it out of your pen. You're going to have more flow issues and things like that because there's a particulate in there. So it is safe for fountain pens, but it's more work to clean it out. You may want to use discretion on your particularly valuable or hard to clean pens. Um, on the same long line, basically any permanent ink, any pigmented ink. We don't have a lot of pigmented inks aside from the shimmer, but like the platinum carbon black, Sailor, Nano ink, you know, those. <clears throat> um, and then basically anything with a high sheen, those are going to be a little tougher to clean as mm -hmm. well. But a little bit of dish soap, a toothbrush, or maybe some pen flush if you need it. Those really all help a lot. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's what we got. The, yep. the tricky thing is that there's no like industry standard for any of these properties. And a lot of times the manufacturer doesn't even say which of no. these properties are in these inks. Sometimes they do like diamond shimmer tastic, right? It's pretty obvious that's shimmering ink. But Pelican Golden Barrel doesn't even say anything about shimmering or anything like that on no. the bottle or the ink. You just have to kind of know what that is and what it does and all that. So, yeah. you know, it's again, you kind of have to research a little bit and talk to others and see reviews and that kind of stuff. And along those lines, if you look at the, the product pages on our website, we do have, uh, you know, a Sliders. slider, yeah, a little thing that when you leave a review on our site, you can talk about how easy it is to clean that, that ink and dry time and some of those other properties. Um, so you can check that out if you are looking for particular individual inks. Um, yeah, that could help. Yep. Sweet. All right. Drew. All right. Um, Brian, in uh, three words or less, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Abby on Instagram asks, what's the origin story of Goulet pens? So before- That should be quick. Before, <laughs> before he gets going, um, I'm just going to uh, post two videos attached here. If I don't have them on the screen now, I will put them in the information at the bottom of our YouTube video and in the comment in the bottom in the show notes of our audio podcast as well. We've got a long version that the Goulets did, Brian and Rachel, at our four-year anniversary, and then a shorter truncated a version ago. that we did in a right now episode for uh, the Goulet Pen Company's 10th anniversary. So if you want to hear the whole thing straight from the mouths of Brian and Rachel, who know it best, that's probably the best way you can get it. But um, how long was that four year video? Was it like 45 minutes or an hour or something like that? I think it was around 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. How long would one be now if we were to tell the whole story? I've probably I, forgotten a lot. I don't know. I feel like every year Rachel is gets better and better at making you stop talking. So, oh, yeah. She's um, well, <laughs> we're learning each other. We've been together almost 20 years now. So, so. I don't know. She might be able to keep it, keep it kind of short. Yeah. If we sat down together, I don't know. It'd be it'd be it'd be bad if you were by yourself. Oh, if I was by myself, the the, ca I would, I would, the camera would die. Like the camera would just give up, even plugged into the wall. The, cam the camera would just burn out before I'd be able to finish. But anyway, 
Who knows what else I would mention? So what, what, in what's, my tangents. What's, what's the uh, what's okay. like the Instagram version of the Goulet? Okay, I wrote story. a super short version, and I'm just going to read it more or less verbatim, so that I have some guardrails for myself. There we go. Okay, um, so woodworking hobby turned side hustle led to exploring a community slash demand for wood pens during an economic recession. Discovered fountain pen community as a result, and simultaneously saw a gap in product education slash social media slash online retail, pursued all of these things with vigor and have largely maintained the same approach with a deep focus on company culture and great service. That is my most concise version possible. That is a very concise version. (laughs) And uh, like I said, we'll- There's way more to it than that. Yeah, we'll definitely provide enough uh, to sate your curiosity on that one. Yes, it's a pretty cool story, but wow, it would take the entire- Pencast, and we have been going so long on them recently. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna calm, calm it down, and we're gonna move it along. Very nice. All right, yeah. Brian. Thank you. I'm growing. I'm growing. <laughs> um, also, we haven't mentioned at this point how we both have dinosaur shirts on. Yes. I, to be fair, Drew wore his dinosaur shirt uh, this morning during our morning meeting, and I was at home this morning. And I said, you know what, Drew? I got this new Jurassic Park shirt that I have not yet shown to the world yet. So thank you, Target, for providing That's pretty right. And nostalgic. It's just the classic oh, yeah. Jurassic Park. You know, Love it. Have simple. you ever read the book? No, I don't read books. Feel, what was the last? Yeah, you don't, don't read, read fiction. fiction. I oh, don't read fiction. Uh, okay, I actually the most, mm, not the, the most recent book that I completed. No? Okay, no. The most recent book I read was the, the Thoreau one. The Walk oh, Walden Walk, Bond. Yeah. yeah, Walk in the Woods. Walk okay, the Woods. cool. That's what I read. That was the most recent one. That was a nonfiction. Wait, The Walk in the yeah, yeah, he wrote several books. Okay. Yeah, it, it was about Walden Pond, but it wasn't on on Walden Pond. Is that another one of his books? Yeah. Is that a movie or is? Why do I feel like shoot, I've I read remember. a book that had a similar title to A Walk in the Woods? I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, a walk is that what it is? A Walk in the Woods. I'm terrible with titles, and I listened to an audio book, so I didn't necessarily see the title why do as I much. Feel, I feel like A Walk in the Woods is a different book because I think I read that one. They made a movie about. Oh, Walden. Yeah. That's what it is. Just Walden. I think it's Walden, and the, I okay. think I think the subtitle is um, "Walking Those." Oh, oh, oh my God! Who's that? Go. Who's that reader? I'm there's gonna go a, to sleep. Yeah, there there's some not great ones. Anyway. Oh man, yeah. I feel like yeah, a walk a in the woods is the is the story about that guy who was hiking the Appalachian Trail with that really annoying dude. Could be. I think I read. I, 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 I did read that. Walk, one. I thought it was Maybe a walk in the woods. No. Anyway, no, um, Jurassic Park deviation. Dinosaur yes. shirts. Yay. Fun story, when I was 10, when I saw Jurassic Park, I had, a, I had an older friend, you know, he's like a friend, the, the kid of my parents' friend, that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, yeah, so it was yeah. like, not somebody I went to school with. I had just, one of those, I broke all of his Thundercats. Oh, true. I was an accident, I was a very zealous child. You broke all of his Thundercats? No, it, it no, I, just some, probably. Wow, okay. Yeah. So it's more generalization. I don't feel good about it. Well, you shouldn't. You, sh- you should know now, especially as nostalgic as you are how much those are probably worth. Anyway, uh, so I had a friend who was an older friend. He was telling me about the plot. He was a big movie buff, so he was all into the storytelling and all that. Uh, He was telling me about the plot of Jurassic Park. I don't think I had seen it yet. I thought he was telling me how they actually made the movie. So he was telling me like they harvested this mosquito that blah blah and took the DNA and they created this island of dinosaurs. And I was like, I was like, holy crap, are you kidding me? I was 10. Oh. So I legitimately thought when I saw the movie that the way that they made it was they created an island of dinosaurs from 
DNA harvested out of a prehistoric mosquito. And it wasn't until much later, probably a year or two later, where I was like, oh, that's not a thing. No. Like, no one actually told me. I just kind of realized, huh, no, that's that doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> so that was gullible, Brian. It's a good at a young age. to reach. Yeah. I remember seeing it and not being at all bothered by any of the dinosaurs' scariness, but I remember crying when they fed the cow to the raptor at the beginning. Oh, really? I did not like that cow dying that way. I it mean, was like, pretty brutal. He didn't yeah. even have a fighting chance. Not like a cow would really fight, but come on now. That yeah. cow made me sad. Cows don't have any natural defenses of any kind, do they? <laughs> no. They can't even kick? Like no, they're, they're, they're pretty, like... Well, well, they can kick. They can kick. They can, they're otherwise they can just kick. walking meat bags. They can basically only kick if you're trying to milk them yeah. that's about it they're pretty they're pretty much just walking bags of yeah, meat we, we made them milk. like that that's that's 100 percent our well fault. that is true that is true um oh yeah so yeah, it took a dark turn anyway <laughs> where are we going here okay pem, pem, next question pempipot uh, on instagram can you suggest the best pen to be used with sparkling inks speaking of easy to clean wet enough etc well pem, 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 pop, pop. <laughs> Let me tell you. Pimpipot. Um, my suggestions. You want a pen that can get taken apart easily because you're going to need a toothbrush that mm. son of a gun. You want to clean it. Um, a robust feed so that when you're taking it apart, you don't break anything. Mm. Um, no flimsy feeds. Big nib, medium, broad, show off that shim. Yeah, the wetter the better. Mm -hmm. And I suggest noodlers, super robust feeds. You couldn't break those things if you tried. Edison, mm. good flowing feed. Uh, you know, you can eyedropper the thing. It's just, it's, it's sturdy. It's robust. Solid, yeah, yeah. Opus eighty eight. You know, mm -hmm. big mm -hmm. reservoir on there. Good robust feed as well. Yeah. Um, and then you can also use that agitator to kind of um, mm. stir up that ink a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then Banu, also another good ink for shimmer, a good pen for shimmer ink, just because it looks shimmery itself and oh, yeah. also has a pretty solid uh, feed situation. So if you there. want both a loud pen and a loud yeah. ink. Those those box good match up. Pretty pretty uh yeah, pretty spot pretty on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I also wanted to mention that not all shimmer inks are the same. Mm. If you want to go True. to an emerald of Shavor and then over to mm. a say Pelican Golden Barrel, you're going to have two very different experiences because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one has shimmer, the other one has shimmer. Shimmer and sheen. On the Emerald of Shavor. You get sheen in there as well. That's true. That's true. So maybe, maybe that's not the best example. But anyway, like mm. Jacobon inks, shimmer. Shimmer. Yeah. Then, they're they're a finer particulate yeah. of shimmer. And so they flow a little better generally Diamine, speaking. shimmer. Shimmer. Chunky, chunky yeah. shimmer. Like So even if you yeah. find, like I spoke to a uh, lady, Angela, today, who asked a very similar question. Okay. And she said that she's got a Twisby 580, which she likes to use in her stuff, but then um, used with her stuff, ink. And she said that a Jacques Urban ink, I think it was Emerald of Shavor or some other one, uh, works just fine. But then there was a Robert Oster one that just got clogged instantly. So mm, interesting. Depends yeah, on the shim. It does. Mer. It does. Uh, I would I would reiterate the broader nib thing. Definitely makes a huge huge difference. Not just in terms of how much shimmer it'll actually show because it's putting down more ink, but generally speaking, um, pens that are designed for broader nibs have wetter feeds as well. I can't say this 100% certainly for every single pen company out there, but uh, actually recently had a conversation with uh, Philip from Twisby mm -hmm. about uh, just everything that goes into designing the proper like air ink interchange with nibs and feeds and ink flow and all that. Um, and so one thing that we've talked about a little bit before, but he went into more detail and I won't deep dive here because I don't have it like all like together. 
but he mentioned that on their um, extra fine fine and medium nibs, they they take the feed and they tr- they basically finish the feed differently than they do for the broader and like the stub nibs because they demand a little more ink. And he says you can't even tell it with your naked eye, but they basically have to polish it or coat it or something. They they have to do a different treatment to those feeds to assist more of the flow on the wetter nibs, on the broader mm. nibs. So, you know, again, most companies don't go into this level of detail in, in saying all this, but it's it's even almost at that microscopic level, it can impact how much you, your ink flows through your pen based on not only the nib size, but then the treatment of the feed and all these other various things. So, you know, I do think it's really interesting when you think about that in terms of, you know, a medium, broad, double broad, whatever, or a stub nib, your feed might actually be better suited. Can you confirm that any other company does this? I can't because it's, it's honestly, it's normally such a nerdy manufactured, like deep, 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 like thing that it, one never makes it through the whole like chain of communication. But like Yovo's not going to do that with their feeds because they're shipped universally. Well, yeah. So I mean, they they don't they don't even know what nib's going to be on them. Yeah, just honestly, we don't deal. You know, the reason we get it from Twisby is because it's such a short distribution chain. We're dealing with Philip, and he's like involved in the design and manufacturing process. Yeah. So he just knows way more about this stuff than most of the people who we typically would be able to ask these questions to. I would say that, but that, it's pretty fascinating. I would say that's probably uncommon. It's maybe, but I don't know. Mm. You know, I would be very surprised if anybody else does that. But I would love to know. Maybe it we does, can find more about. It does go to show maybe why some pens flow differently, better, worse than others, um, even with particular nib sizes, and to what measures certain companies may take that into account. I have no idea. But he says mm. like, he says like there are basically a zillion factors, and like whenever you design a new pen, like you know we talked about before how different pens. This is a bit of a tangent from the sparkling ink thing, but um, you know a lot of pens they'll have like a certain nib feed converter, whatever, that's kind of like the functional part of the pen. Yeah. And then when they come out with new models, they basically change the shell. They change the outer part of the pen, but the guts stay similar. That's because basically the level of engineering and the number of things that are required to take into account to get ink to flow properly through your pens is kind of mind boggling. So anytime you're changing a nib feed, any of that stuff, the size of any of it, you have to like redesign kind of almost the whole thing and it's kind of crazy how many different factors there are Jeez. i spent like an hour and 15 minutes talking to phil about this on the, the twisby makes such great pens and like the yeah. the the, it's the attention to detail that they have is really insane i mean they're some of the best capping best sealing pens absolutely in the industry if not the very best well there's no doubt just the time and everything that they take and i mean maybe they take more of that into account than you know twisby as a brand they used to do oem they used to manufacture parts for other pen companies for decades. Mm -hmm. So even though the Twisby brand itself is only about as old as we are, they have decades more of experience of making pen parts and other things like that. So they bring all that manufacturing knowledge to the table and then designing their own stuff and then dealing directly with customers. So they are in kind of an interesting, unique position uh, to talk about all this kind of stuff. So it was very fascinating conversation, but a bit of a tangent, but still. That's cool though. It was kind of cool. I know we've talked a lot about various 
feed and just all that stuff. And it's, man, Philip was just telling me about some of these details. I mean, and I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, feeds are the key. This is so they, much to think about. Holy feeds cow. Feeds the key. And they don't get enough <laughs> attention. And I'm, it's really cool to hear that a company like Twisby is giving them the attention that, Absolutely. you know, and putting the uh, import of Absolutely. So to bring it back, to finish my thoughts on the, specifically the, the shimmering inks and stuff like that, um, I actually do think that Twisby nibs are great. Specifically, I've used Twisby broad nibs and stuff like that. Uh, I remember when I first had a Twisby Eco, when Emerald of the Chavor first came out, I had a brand new Twisby Eco with a broad nib. I inked it up with Emerald of Chavor, and then it just kind of sat there. I did not touch the pen for eight months, inked up with the pen, like with that ink. And I was like, it, it kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, it's been a month. Oh, it's been two months. Let me just let it sit for a while. And I kind of forgot about it. And then eight months had gone by. I was like, I wonder if this thing will still write, or is it going to be like super clogged? Uncapped it wrote right away like what? like it had been an hour with the shimmering ink. with the shimmering ink sitting in Damn. for eight months so awesome i think there was an example of you know the, again the gentler shimmer maybe of the emerald of chivor yeah and then i mean a more really gentle good, than a really good cap sealing yeah. and a good flowing with the broad nib and all that so again there's no one universal thing but like going going the broader wetter thing is definitely good and then i reiterate what drew said anything with a cartridge converter is really good. I like Lamy. I mean, Lamy's got a lot of fine parts in their feed. Yeah. That stuff can get clogged. So some of the Robert Austers and, and Shimmer Tastics, maybe if you keep them cleaned really well, they do well. But the thing I like about cartridge converter pens is they're so easy to flush out. That bulb syringe. So as much as I like Twisby, the thing that I don't like maybe as much is that it's a piston filling, you know, pen. So not as easy uh, to know, clean. Fragile feed too. F- fragile feed. So yes, and demonstrator. So it shows every little bit of stuff left yeah. over. You know, but that's okay. That just comes up to your own personal preference. But the Twisby, the nice thing about them, you can fully disassemble them and take apart the piston. You can still, like, you can pull the piston out of the back of an Eco or a 580, and you can flush it with a bulb syringe, just like you do with a cartridge converter. I do that hack all the time. You can actually do that with Pelicans, too. Most of them. Not all of them. But, like, M800, yeah. The Twisby wrench actually fits on the piston of an M800. You can remove your M800 piston with a Twisby wrench. Little little life hack there. Fits on another pen, too, but I won't mention that one. What do you, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you mean you're not going to mention it? I don't know which one, I don't know, I can't read your mind. I don't know which one you're thinking about. Uh, it's a Japanese vacuum filling. Oh, pen. oh, I've talked about that before. You have? Yeah, yeah. We're okay to talk about you that? You don't want to take the nib out of the grip. That's the one they really get. The, oh, I'm sure they'd get mad at the other part too. <laughs> it's a pilot custom A23 is the one yeah. that we're talking about, but uh, do it at your own risk. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, there you go. And then the toothbrush thing, that was the other note that I had, but you already talked about that. Boom. All right. Next. The Internet Gnome asked us a question this week, Brian. <laughs> okay. So the Internet Gnome asks, is it true? I'm not, I don't know what sort of accent the Gnome uses, so I'm just going to. Is it true that in Europe, Pilot uses standard international cartridges slash converters? Yeah. Well, there you have it, they Mr. Do. Gnome. They do. I don't know about exclusively. Like, I don't think it's on every model. Now, the Gnome says, yeah, the Gnome says, does Pilot. And to my knowledge, it's only been the whole Metropolitan MR thing. Yeah, well... Like, that, I've never seen a Custom 74 that takes a standard international converter. That's what I don't know. I know that for sure that is the case with the MR. or It's called the Metropolitan in the U.S. Technically, yeah. it's actually also the MR. But it's called the Metropolitan just to help distinguish it a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, that is the... That John is Lane thing. always called it the MR. That's actually what it is. That's yeah, what it is at Pilot. Yeah, no one at Pilot calls it Metropolitan. Yeah. We we sort of started calling it that, and then at, so did other people, and then that's kind of just what it became. All right. But in all of their literature and all of our pricing sheets and all that, it's all MR. Hmm. But I think MR is you know what they call it in Europe especially, and that's the one with the standard international 
fitting on it. Uh, yeah. But the, in the U.S. and Japan, it's the Pilot Namiki proprietary one. Now, I don't know about other pens, Pilot-branded pens in Europe. I don't know if, you know, they're Custom 74s and all that. I don't believe that it's every pen that has the, the you know, standard international converter. I wonder, like, with our Metropolitan, it comes mm-hmm. with that Con B converter. Correct. I wonder if the MR comes with the standard international converter. That's a good question. Hmm. I've never bought an MR from Europe. But Wheel. I bet we have people in the comments who have. So please let us know because yes. we're very curious. We want to know. And we only buy through Pilot USA. So they only deal with the USA branded stuff. So even they don't really deal with it as much. I mean, they would obviously know and have some contacts and stuff yeah. there. But we just don't really see them or come across them. But it is kind of interesting how that would be different. I don't think a lot of companies do that. I don't think a lot of companies will do different converter setups for different no, regions of the why, world. Yeah, why, why that one... I think it's it's because it's one so continent. much more so much more commonly used. Uh, people use cartridges so much more in Europe than in the U.S. I mean, Japan. I wouldn't mind that I, if I could swap out a standard international converter with the you know Con fifty, like yeah. I mean, Con forty that would be convenient. Yeah, I'd be yeah. all about it. Too. I would take that. Yeah, but it's uh, not how they do it. No, it's not. Anyway, yep. Okay, next question: Rice Annihilator. Wow. I like rice. Aggressive. Uh, my organic studio ink refuses to write. Please help. Oh, please. Please help the annihilator. Please help. Well, Mister Annihilator. Yep. I have heard from reliable sources that if you have something, I'm assuming you're talking about one of those crazy organic studio inks. Nitrogen. They they sell a lot of inks that we don't care. We pretty much carry the craziness of the crazy as far as that brand goes. We carry all the most troublesome ones, basically. we do. Because that's what people want. And honestly, we've been carrying them for a while and people haven't really asked for anything else. So we're just going to stick with this for now. But if you are talking about your Walden Ponds, your Nitrogens, then actually watering them down is not a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. You can put a little bit of water, you know, it's just take a, a, you know, drop at a time, see what you get. But it can not only um, cut down on the clogability, but it can also make it dry a little bit faster too. So because yeah. if you've ever used that ink, it dries notoriously slow. And I'm, by that, I mean kind of never. Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty famous for getting on your fingers and then it gets on your doorknob and your dog and your face and everything. It just... I wiped ink off my face today. Yeah? It was on my nose. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I nice. was making I was making splatters. Nice. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of a messy venture. Yeah. That's, yeah you know, I went in the bathroom. Like, what ink did you uh, have on your nose? Uh, Do you know I, what it was? I don't know. It was a blue. Okay. But But I, but I, I wiped it off. Yeah, your and hands I are had, pretty inky right I now. I had <laughs> more ink on my finger than I did my nose, so I was like, and I put more ink on my nose. <laughs> wow. It was kind of dumb. It's like a sitcom type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, organics, you know, especially the ones that we have, they're going to have a heavy dye content, heavy sheen, so this is not unusual. I think it's not unusual. talking about the <laughs> talking about the diluting thing, using distilled water is best. I mean, yeah. if you if you have clean, really clean tap water, you can you can try using that. But generally speaking, especially if you're diluting a whole bottle, you don't want to accidentally ruin it. There's minerals, there's other floating organic matter that could grow things in your ink. Don't use kombucha. 
No, that would be about the worst thing you could put in. Uh, but you would you would want to use distilled water just because there's no other minerals and stuff. That's that's the that's the water that they use when they actually make the ink. So that's a good thing to use. You can distill it yourself on a stove if you're interested. Just YouTube it, how to distill your own water. Uh, and then the other thing was that uh, if you want to dilute it, you can do so about 10% before it'll start to look more watery. That's the case with these heavy saturated inks. I'm thinking Organic Studios, a lot of Noodler's inks too, and, and several others that just like are really, really deep saturated, have long dry times. If you cut them down about 10%, you can usually get the benefits of cleaning and faster dry time and stuff like that without sacrificing a lot of the noticeable color and shading and these types of things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 10%, 10%, keep that in mind. There you go. And always test it in small quantities before you go doing your whole bottle because then if you dilute it too much you can't undo it quite as easily it can be done if you leave the bottle open and let it kind of dry up but that's a little harder. go back to pigment that's a little harder to do yeah. accurately so anyway it's fun right. stuff to play around with keep it in mind next up my buddy back to the future he uh <laughs> mike um nice. sent us an instagram message saying and here it is mm. Biggest pet peeves. What is your biggest fountain pen pet peeve aside from not having to use or clean your pens? Hmm. Or not, not using or cleaning your pens. So, legit oh. pet peeves. Legit. You want me to go first? Um, well, your, yes. notes, your notes are first. Okay, go cool. okay. Well, <laughs> for me, when I'm opening a pen box and I take the pen out, and I see it's got a little pen tray there. And it's got some little tabs on the side, mm -hmm. beckoning. You're like, ooh, beckoning. Come hither, come, come, come see. hither, Drew. What's wait? What awaits what you? What lies beneath? What treasures lie beneath the floor? And I remove it, and there ain't nothing there. <laughs> nothing. Empty, empty tomb. <laughs> you get this. It really bothers you that much. Why you put something there? I mean, it's just give, a give standard a, box. Give like, me a piece of paper that says enjoy your pets, something. Would you prefer that they say not include the converter in the pen and they shove the converter down yes. there? Would that make you happy? Yes. That would make you Put more happy. something in there. Anything. Anything. Except for dust. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I just thought you were going to say something. You were like, what can I, I say? say? I was going to say anything. What can I say to, say to make Drew say, except for that? So I'm... No, no pen company would put dots in there. The jump on you. No, no, I don't want to hear it. So put something in there. Don't Even if give it was me just like some, some useless, like, you know, yes! instruction warranty information me, or whatever, some kind of literature to that me, you're not going to read. Generic converters are useless. Like, I'm not going to, like, it's a random blue, a random black. I'm not going to use those, but still put them in there for me. I want them. Oh, yeah, I the, want them the there. Okay. I'm going to be mad if they're not there. You just like, you just like extras it's like the the but the wait but wait there's more it's like the it's a tease i don't <laughs> like it i don't like them toying with my emotions like that brian all right speaking of wow. teasing my next wow pet peeve i did too okay my next one is when pens post poorly now i didn't say when pens don't mm. post because that i'm fine with okay if you're if you're making a pen that doesn't post mm. fine i don't even need it if a pen posts cool yay i'll do it sometimes if a pen doesn't that's fine i don't care it's not gonna roll away it's got a clip right if it posts crappily or shoddily i'm, or I'm not okay with that yes okay. no don't make don't give me a wobbly posting cap you don't like an uncertain no post. make up your mind either mm. post or don't post this wobbling back okay. and forth like a bell like no ma'am sir no thank you mm. don't give it to me okay 
So like when it's kind of wobbly, you don't like that. What about when it'll post, but you got to like really kind of no. shove it no. on there and you're like, no. I'm probably going to break this thing if I shove it too much. But if no. I don't, it's not going to stay on. No, that, that need to just burn it down. Burn you don't it like all that. down. You don't like that situation. No, sir. Wow. I love how much you get bothered by things that I don't really even think about very I much. I only get bothered by little not important things. That's true. Like Otherwise, true. I'm a pretty stress-free gentleman. You really care the about... The world could be burning down, things. but yet if I open up a pen and there's nothing in the tray, then I'm just be like... That's gonna What's the point of life? <laughs> you know, I'm done. Fair enough. Um, I when I made my notes, I totally didn't read the second half of the question, which is about aside from not using or cleaning your pens. So the first bullet I had I was he knows exactly about that. <laughs> um, but I basically said, so this is kind of on me. But when I want to use a pen, but I know that, but it needs to be cleaned, mm. and it's like just got not even that usable amount, but it's just you can tell it had dried out, and there's so your just, best, your pen there's just like crustiness left in there. Yeah, it's my own procrastination. Mm. It, it comes back to bite me. You know, there's a there's a consequence to every decision that you make. And that is one, by living the lifestyle that I do, which is not Drew's lifestyle, I ink up whatever pen I feel like and I let them pile up. And then when I need that one particular pen to demonstrate something or for a video or whatever, and I'm like, daggone it. I've got a 12-step program, This Brian. one is just freaking not clean. And Would I you need like a business to clean card? It. No. I'll give you a coin once you uh, go mm. go 60 days with only three pens inked up. And no, I have no interest in doing that whatsoever. <laughs> the number of times that it actually impedes my life is I probably I can count it on two hands maybe. Okay, well, then, that, then that's not a biggest pet peeve, Brian. You it's need a not, big pet it's, peeve. It's, it disproportionately like causes an emotional reaction mm. more than it actually inconveniences me in my daily life. You Fair know enough. what I mean? It just... it. It, sh- it it holds a mirror up to my <laughs> own decisions of not cleaning my pens in those very few instances where it's like, dang it, this is where Drew is right. It actually is better to keep your pens clean. But then, yeah, I don't know. It's, n- it's never been enough to make me actually want to change mm, anything. All right. Um, so anyway, but we said not to. So, oh gosh, all my... Oh, mine actually related to cleaning now that I think about it. I'm just going to go with it. Um, I would say when you have a, a, a pen with a demonstrator cap specifically, pretty much a demonstrator pen, but specifically when you have the cap and it's got some sort of inner cap seal and the ink gets oh, yeah. behind the seal, or basically when you have some demonstrator component to a pen where even if it's not ink, if it's water or something, and it gets behind there or in between two layers or something like that, and you can't easily get in there and just wipe it out. Yeah. And it's just there. It's in your face. It's a demonstrator. You're like, oh, it's a beautiful nib that is half blue looking because the ink kind of got behind the insert. And that's really annoying. Even if you can remove it, you're like, I'm going to go and get all these tools and do this whole thing. And then the next time I go to use the pen, it's just going to have ink behind it again. So what's the point? Does that does that also apply to the grip section of the Custom 74? Absolutely. That is the one thing I hate about the Custom 74. Yeah. For whatever reason, it's got two layers to it. And the... When you clean it or ink it, the ink yeah. gets between the two layers. Yeah, sail, sailor uh, demonstrator grips are the same way. Yeah, but you know what? Really, all demonstrator grips are kind of that way. Even if they don't have the two layers to it, you're going to have ink that's in the yeah. fins, and it's just not going to look consistent because it's just not consistent. Yep. So, you know, it's a, sort of a fact that I accept. Sort of like if you get a new car and you get, like, a ding on it, you're, like, really mad, and you're like, okay, well, now I don't have to it's not perfect yeah and it's not supposed to be perfect and that's okay that's how my custom 74 is it's like well there's there's ink in that grip but that's because i'm using it and once i get over that i'm actually fine with it are you uh gonna show us something here i just forgot this my hypotheticals in there and i was like is is that even in? oh okay you just like 
looked like you were going to show something really dramatic no, no, related no, to what we're talking about. Just got in my brain. You were talking. No. I was like, not my oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair no. enough. All right. Fair enough. All right. Next question. Uh, this is for um, for from Fisher Jacob again on Instagram. What is the likelihood that dots will take the place of Tootsie Pops in shipments? I'm actually shocked this question is here because Drew added this one to the list. Do you know why? Why, Drew? Because it's a great segue to end this segment because I ain't going to talk about it. Well, the end. All right. So, moving on to the hypothetical. Well, okay. In support of Drew, I will say that it's not a 0% chance because you never know. I mean, No, there's a 0% chance. It's. I would say it's an asymptote. You would need to infinitely choose, approaching need to choose between zero. me or the dots. <laughs> Well, that's essentially where I went with my response is that I think this is a really funny question to think about because that the only reason to do this You're not would supposed be to, to actually answer this. Um, I would say if we ever end up doing that, and again, this is an asymptote approaching zero, it will... A what? An asymptote. Asymptote? A, asymptote, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a curve that infinitely approaches towards something that never actually touches it. It just gets infinitely closer. Asymptote. So, yeah, as we go further along, the chance of us actually doing this would be infinitely approaching zero, but it never actually touches zero. Uh, I would say that the only way that it would ever happen is if that I was passive-aggressively trying to get you to quit. <laughs> That would be the only reason. So if that ever does happen, you know I'm trying to get rid of Drew. Yeah, if that happens, I'm be like, oh, well, it finally happened. But I'm also not a passive-aggressive person, so that's why it's <laughs> probably never going to happen. So anyway. Yeah, but, if I didn't quit after my office was ransacked. That would have done it. That would have yeah. done it. You'll never get that many like dots in your face ever again, oh, probably. Geez. All right. All right, Drew. Hypothetical time? Hypothetical, everybody. Right, let's do it. All right. So, Brian, you know what? I haven't done a fountain pen themed hypothetical in quite some time many a moon i don't remember any of the hypotheticals we've done before so i'll just take your word at that you don't put them in your diary i forget them every day i forget them as soon as you say wow all right well this is the time i forget i forget them as you're asking i'm gonna have to (laughs) ask again anyway all right this is an easy one okay if you could choose between as you're writing with fountain pens for the the remainder of your days okay you only to visualize myself writing with fountain that's right you only get to use one nib size or one ink. One nib size or one ink? Yes. For the rest of your life, you will only so be I'd able like to choose use... between. Yes. Do, am I telling you the nib size or the ink or just. Yes. Oh. Or, 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 or not. I don't care. But it's really... more just like the choice between being limited to one nib size or one ink. Correct. Ooh. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Well. I would. Probably be more okay with limiting myself on nib size because I feel like there are so many more inks. Nib size isn't like if I if I just say go with medium, that's then, all you'll be able to use. But like I could have a pilot medium, I could have a platinum medium, I could have a Lamy 2000 medium. Um, for the sake of this, like, does I've, that mean I have to use basically one pen the rest of my life? Yeah, or let's just go with that. that. Let's go with that. Oh gosh. Like literally just that nib. Yes. That's that writing oh. experience. What I'm trying to gauge oh, is, that's is is the tough. writing experience more important than the color. Mm. Oh man. Wow. They're like neck and neck mm. for me. They really are. I would probably have a harder time being limited on the pen side. Because over time, I've used inks just to experience them more, but my ink, my personal ink usage has narrowed down a little bit to some 
of my faves. Yeah, I would. I, but would, I, still, I would say the same thing. Yeah. I would rather have a different experience in nib sizes and then just stick mm. with one ink. I think maybe if you chose one and I chose the other, that way we could still like have an accurate like mass no, I of know knowledge. What you, oh, oh well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I, for me, pens like I'm tactile, so I can touch the pens. I would have a much harder time having the exact same tactile experience, yeah. but a different visual one. Mm-hmm. So that's probably where it ends up going for me. Yeah. So I would I would stick with the variety of pens. Yeah. One ink. I find myself switching my pens more than I switch my inks. You know, yeah. my my, yeah. my I, I kind of go hmm. b- go back and forth like when I'm actually like inking up my pens to write with, not testing inks. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I test a lot of inks with like glass pens and stuff. Sure. But if I'm actually inking stuff up, I, yeah. I stay within the same like ten fifteen colors usually. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty common for most so, people. So so I'd probably be fine with just one one color. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that would be tough. That would be a sacrifice for sure. It would. Yeah. Yeah. It would be tough to. I often pick like one of those. to. Whenever I get a new pen, I usually put a new ink in it, which is the so. What worst would be your thing. one ink then? Oh gosh, I don't know. I, would, I like Robert Oster Blue Water Ice. That's a good one. It's a nice blue, good mm-hmm. shading, stuff like that. No permanence to it. That's kind of a bummer. I don't know. Yeah. Liberty's Elysium is good, but you know, I don't know. My I'm between uh, Noodler's El Lawrence and uh, mm. Noodler's Navy. Actually, Navy really. Noodler's Navy. That's just it's it's a it's hmm. it's dark enough to just kind of use for a wide variety of purposes but it's still a nice blue and it's just a unique color i I find Mm. myself i've gone to that ink so many times in the last 10 years huh um but i knew knew l lawrence l lawrence yeah i love l lawrence that's a good one that's a good one yeah yeah i don't know that'd be tough oh boy that's these are rough drew there you go those are rough what do you think ink or pens do you value the writing experience over Mm. the variety of colors or are you or is your life just going to be sadness and despair without a (laughs) wide array of rainbow times you know what though like all your hypotheticals drew i'm glad that it's not reality and that we have all of these things to enjoy you can have your pie (laughs) and eat it too Except Brian pie? and I are both cake people. We're both cake. So, Why are you yes. even bringing up pie? I don't yeah. know. I want to say something different. No. So that's it for the hypothetical. We're going to move on to our flex segment, which yes. we just mix it up. It could be one thing one week, another thing another week. And this time it is going to be another thing <laughs> it yet almost, again. It almost wasn't anything this week. It almost wasn't. We, we came like, up with something at the last minute. Yeah. We had a suggestion from somebody on uh, YouTube that was like, hey, you all should do what you did back in right now, which was where you hand each other pens blindfolded and try to guess what they are. So that's exactly what we're going to do. So Drew's got his blindfold. I brought my travel mask, <laughs> which came in like a kit of airplane paraphernalia. Uh, yeah, it's very flimsy, but it'll get the job done. You know, if you want to like sleep on the plane or whatever, but it's not super comfortable. Yep. Excellent. I, I try to sleep on planes and it just doesn't We're going to try to record some close-ups too. Um, yeah, so this will be that, very experimental. So I'm going to so try that, recording on my phone. We'll try to use it as B-roll. It might look terrible. Yeah. So if you're watching this... Um, you're going to watch us try to fumble through. Yeah, but if you're listening up. to this, then you will be pretty much doing the same thing uh, we're doing, except yeah. you're not going to be able to touch the pens. We so. are going to try to paint a picture with words there we go. as we are going through. We're going to we Bob Ross this thing. Describe everything... That we're feeling and literally feeling, both physically and emotionally. Absolutely, we're gonna get deep. Yeah, we into are into 
Um, how this is affecting our psyche. Okay, so now you get to see how professional this B-roll setup is going to be. So here. we both uh, tried to select three pens. I suggested that we do kind of an easy one, a medium one, and a hard one. I don't know how well that went, but of course, Brian and I both added one more to that unbeknownst to each other. So I think we're going to do four. I don't know. Okay, where should I put the camera? Do you want to be able to see it? Does that matter to you? Um, no, it doesn't matter to me, as long as it's just matter? pointing right there. We, yeah, we can just kind of go down with it like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, since you have your mask ready to go, how about you go first? All right, I'll go first. All right. Let's see what we got here. All right, I need to make sure that, okay, if I can feel the leather here, then I know I'm in, in good visual space to be able to show it. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, Drew and I do not know what we are picking for each other. So he's going to hand me a pen, and I'm going to try and guess what it was. And we had some parameters. We each chose three. Um, we said we wanted one that was pretty easy, one that was a little more challenging, and one that was more difficult. Okay, so I'm feeling... It's got sort of a flat bottom, a little bit of a rounded top. It's a lighter pen, definitely some kind of resin. I'm feeling some some noodler's potential here. Mm. Okay, it's definitely got that noodler's kind of clip, that little teardrop on the bottom of the clip. Oh. Is this a uh, noodler's Conrad? <gasps> is this a noodler's Conrad? What material do you think this Conrad is, Brian? You mean like, I mean, I, there, can't, there, I can't a, guess the color. There's a vegetal resin, there's an ebonite, and there's a uh, acrylic. This, this, this is not ebonite. I would definitely feel that. I hope it's not ebonite because I would be ashamed. No, it's definitely, uh, I think this is vegetal resin, but I could be wrong. Is it the acrylic? I don't know. I can't tell. Which one is it? Okay, it's acrylic. It's acrylic, all right, all right, but very right. good. Okay. I'm surprised. Did you, did you get the blind cap off? I... I I noticed the cap, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't take it all the way off because I already knew it was a Conrad. Gotcha. Very good. Okay. Yeah. The the it was a little more rounded on mm -hmm. the vegetal one. That should have yeah. been a giveaway. That was I was noticing how differently rounded the bottom was. It was much sharper than the mm -hmm. top. It's a little longer okay. too. A little uh, the blind cap anyway. A yeah, that's less true. Dumpy looking. That's true. Okay. But okay. yeah, this is my uh, Appalachian Pearl Conrad. I've had this one for okay. a long time. Nice. I really really love it. Nice. Okay. All right, Drew. You ready for yours? Yeah. Let me do this thing. Okay. Now let's see. I have to remember which ones I chose. Okay, I'm gonna go with. All right. Tell me where my, okay. my hands you're, where they need to be. Yep, you're in good shape oh, right nice. there. You're in okay. good shape right there. Now this one will be uh, on the easier side. On the easier side. Okay. All right. There you go. Okay. All right. Tell me what you're seeing. All right. Okay. We've got a little bit of a goes in like here. Uh, maybe. Oh, this feels kind of. Do we have a, okay, no, we got a little bit of a finial action here. We've got some trim. I can feel with my fingernail there. Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. almost feels kind of uh, Namiki-ish or something like that with this clip, kind of like the uh, um, the way the um, uh, 912 is a little bit maybe, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Uh, what is this? What's happening here? A little, little nubbin. It has a nubbin. It's a, a nubbin? Screw. Yeah, there's a little nubbin. What is a nubbin? I don't this believe that's weird. an industry term. This is weird. Okay. All right. It's a fountain pen. Yep. Kind of sharp shoulders. Removable cap. Oh, sure. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> we've got we've got a lot of got a lot of decoration here on the uh, mm -hmm, all right, mm -hmm. what is this? Is this okay. Something's happening. Yeah. Something's happening. Okay. Oh geez. Wait, that's a smooth piston. Mm-hmm. Oh, what the so heck? So I should narrow it down a little bit. It's it is. A so it's so it's a piston pen. Yep, you're right about that. Um all right. Uh, mm -hmm. does it I can't feel anything apart from that. Definitely the the grips uh, the the Grip section doesn't unscrew. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. all right, fins. 
To be fair, it doesn't on most piston right. pins. Oh, this, this feels just all right. Does it have, does it have an acceptable posting, Drew? It does. Is it a very firm nice post? posting? Okay. Very nice posting. Okay. Um, feel it's definitely. I, I thought maybe it was, it's not a Twisby Mini because Twisby Mini's screwed nope. a screw to post, so nope. it's not nope. that. I was thinking it might be a Twisby. Mm -mm. Um, mm -mm. Well, the Mini's got that removable grip. So oh, that is yeah, one, you're right. That, what is, the, that is one this of those, thing here? All right, we we currently sell this, right? Yes. Oh, dang it. Do you want a hint? Yes. We've talked about this recently on the PenCast. Oh, Heritage 92. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. That was my, that okay. was my why it was yep. easy. I would, th this, this wouldn't normally this be a pen. Thing. Yeah. This, this. It's, got a, it's got a kind of a stepped yeah, finial, stepped back funky. finial. It's a nubbin. You don't really you don't really notice that as this, much unless you're touching clip, it. This clip, I was that's a classic Namiki. Yeah, clip, it yeah. felt a little Namiki. They use it as Namiki as right. pilots. Yep. Cool. All right. I thought well, that would be a fun one to like. That is, you know, I would not call that easy. So I'm well, a it's because we had of, just talked about yeah, it. Yeah. All right. And you all held right. it and all that. So okay, it was a little bit of risk. Okay. Anyway. All right. You ready for another one? All right, I'm ready. All right, this is level two. Okay, level two. Let's see what we got. Are my hands in a good spot? Uh, yeah, I can shift this. A little more little weight. A little more weight to it. Okay. Yeah, there's some heft. There's some heft going on to this one. Threads are not quite as smooth, which leads me to believe they're probably metal threads instead of resin. Okay. Decent, one might draw that conclusion. Decent length nib. It's got a nice taper to it. Mm -hmm. Again, little sharp edges here. Oh, it's a little concave on the top almost. What the heck is this thing? Okay, let's see the clip. Tapers a little bit. It's got a ball. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Is that a ball or is that a wheel on the end? I can't quite tell. Maybe it's neither. What the heck is this thing? Okay, hang on. It's smooth on the top. Wait a minute. Okay. Is oh. there an indentation in there? Oh, gosh. Okay. He found a secret. Yep. Clue. Oh, crap. It's a very unique clip. Mm. Oh, my gosh. What the heck is this clip? I can visualize it, but I yeah. can't place the pen. It's a very consistently oh used okay. clip. Consistently, okay. All right, grip section breaks In apart. In fact, I would say that this clip is the same on all of this brand's pens. Okay. Converter, yep, feels like Standard International. It is. Okay. I'm trying to see if I can distinguish the Standard International if it's anything special. Not threaded, mm -mm. okay. <laughs> yep, definitely metal. <laughs> oh my gosh, what the heck? Stick your fingernail into oh. the uh, cap finial, like into, into the, the side cap, of it. Into the side of the cap finial? What the heck? Do you feel is, those? What, it, does it unscrew, no. Do you feel the, do you feel that? What, what, what is, how would you oh, describe that? this is Retro 51. Oh, there we go. Tornado, fountain pen. Very wow. nice. Oh man, wow, well okay. Well done. Okay. There you go. That is the you Santa Jaws pen. Hey All right. Wow. There we that go. Was, oh man, that was tough. I haven't uh, I haven't caressed one of these in detail in a while. Well, it, <laughs> it didn't it didn't immediately come to me. But. Yeah, no, this one this one was a uh, definitely a medium one. This nice. one might be harder than the next one. I think the next one's going to be harder, but we'll see. Okay, okay, fair we enough. We shall see. All right, let's see well what done, I got. Well done, Brian. 2 for thank 2. You, Very thank nice. you. All right, my next one is going to be interesting. Okay. I can do interesting. It's going to be interesting. I, I think this one may actually be one of the easier ones because it is so unique. Oh. Okay. 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 Go. Ooh, okay. Yeah. We got some oh we got two rounded ends. We got some balls. <laughs> <laughs> we got some This pen's got balls. This pen's got balls. All right. What the heck? Okay. Yep. Hold on. Why does it have balls? Do we sell this? 
it's not a pen that we currently sell. Oh my which, god! Which we did not. Hang on, hang on. So okay. in some ways that makes it harder, but <laughs> in in many ways it makes it way easier because oh it is god. such a distinguishable pen. What on earth? Why does it have two balls? <laughs> Obviously, does not post in any way. This, I have never. This pen firmly does not post. I. Okay. Wait, what the heck is happening here? Yep. This is not a normal nib. Nope. Very, what? Very on, unique. What on earth? Very special. Okay, hold on. Is it? Is it a Lamy? It is a Lamy. Okay, all right. It is a Lamy. Oh. Yeah, you know what it is. Is this the cow pen? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, it is. What's it called, though? Do you remember the name? Oh, it's something that doesn't sound like a cow at all. It's something that nope. sounds like pretty. And yep, it, you're it close. Shouldn't. You're close. Oh, God. We've never mm, sold this pen. No. This was a pen that came out Is it the we lady? Were... Yes. Oh, my God. Lamy lady. <laughs> Good job, Drew. Oh, there it is. Oh, my God. This that, thing. That pen is a porcelain body. Oh, my God. The only porcelain-bodied pen I've ever seen. What on earth? It's a cool you... pen. I think it's neat. Man, <laughs> yes. As soon as I felt this this nib, I was like, "Wait, I've seen this before." Yes, we've definitely talked about this before. I I didn't know if you would instantly recognize it, but it's it, it, the Battle of Cow Pens. Yeah. Oh it my did, god, it, you did you did good, Drew. You did good. Oh wow. Okay. Right. The, the tough one, right? This is the I, tough I, one. It might or it might not be. It's got some 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 okay. very distinguishing features, but uh, okay. Um, I don't know if you're going to get them. Oh. Oh, there's definitely texture happening. Here. Yeah, that's why I picked this one. Okay. It's like texture on the top and oh, it's all over the place. Okay, not a lot of trim. Bring your hands down a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, little, get a little in, higher, in higher. the front. There okay, we go. okay, good. okay. All right, clip, clip. Let's see. Clip is pretty straight clip. Okay, no ball or anything weird. Okay. Nope. We had nope. all the balls nothing. on the last pen. No textures on the clip at all. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Mm. No center band. It just drops right off uh, that I can tell. I think there's like a tiny, tiny, tiny one. A little bit? Like right on the edge? Yeah, maybe. there's a very, very teeny, oh, weeny one. You really can't feel it. Okay. Now that I know that it's there, I can. Yeah. Okay. It's inconsequential. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So nib seems like a number five-ish kind of size, maybe? Oh, can't yeah. Quite yeah. Tell. Okay. Uh-oh, here we go. Oh, oh, we got uh -oh. a Con 70. <laughs> this is a, I want to say this is a Pilot Ishime. <gasps> wow. That's immediately the pen that came to mind. I'm wow. just trying to confirm it in the Con Well 70s. done. Is that what it is? It is. Is it green? It is green. Hey, look at that. I just guessed that it was <laughs> well, green. Well, you know what? I have a green one. Oh, I actually didn't think oh, about that oh, specifically. Yeah, yeah, this is mine. Yeah, the Ishime. Okay. Oh, that is the skinniest little center band I've ever seen. Yeah, it's basically not there. Man, this I thought this would be a good one because it, it has a very unique. Uh, it's got a unique style. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. It's yeah. such a cool pen. It, should, it really is. Oh, the clip is more shapely than it felt when I was blindfolded. It's, yeah, it's got that Namiki thing going on. You know, it's got that same kind of shape to it that mm -hmm. the. Uh, Heritage 92 mm -hmm. has slightly smaller. That's right. There you go. All right. Very cool. All right, I think I did okay on that yeah, one. Yeah, you're doing solid, man. All right. This one. Oh, God. This one might be tough. Yeah, well, how, the last one was tough. The last one was kind of tough in some ways. This one will be tough in different ways. All right. Here we go. Okay. Uh, all, right. all right. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. 
It is a fat. Oh, oh, hold on. Okay, so it's a faceted pen. Mm-hmm. It is metal. Mm-hmm. We've got some O rings here on the back, mm-hmm. and uh, let's see a very straight clip. Not a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty, pretty bouncy too. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. Okay, so we've got metal all the way through. Yep. A little smallish nib flares out a bit, kind of like, mm-hmm. kind of like a pilot, but it's not a pilot because the whole metal faceted thing is not really something they do. It posts on the O-rings. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I can feel the uh, the tension on the O-rings, the 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 pen cap and. Is that an acceptable posting oh, firmness it's very nice. to your liking? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like an O-ring mm-hmm. post. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. Okay, so. And another O-ring on the, I can feel when I'm, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, the, uh, mm-hmm. so we've got. Removable. I'm not. Removable grip oh, section Oh, okay, there. okay, grip section's removable. Oh. This is kind of a Twisby thing. Mm. Twisby does the whole removable grip mm. thing that just kind of slides in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. It's not a classic because a classic is not faceted this severely the classic is more smoothly faceted. It's not a classic no oh man we, we've never sold this one right we currently have sell this pen we currently sell this pen mm-hmm. what the heck i knew this would be a hard one because it's not an oft talked about pen oh man uh oh wait hold on you know what it is no you know what it is, this is a- you're close precision Yes. Yes. Twisby Precision. I don't even know what this looks like. <laughs> oh my gosh! Right? Yeah. Right. I forgot about this one. I know. Wow. It's not the pen that you necessarily would think of with Twisby. Oh, we. Oh, I'm surprised I didn't get these things. I thought that I might even, throw you. I thought you might think like Faber Castell or something like that. I would have thought Karen Dosh. Karen Dosh. Karen Dosh. Because they yeah. used to do it's this. It's got a yeah. Karen Doshy kind of, or like a. Oh man. It's got kind of a Kawako clip looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, this is a good one. You That's like that? a good one. Yeah, you very like well done. Do you want to go for the bonus round? I kind of do want to do the bonus one. All right, one. let's do the bonus round. Okay, my bonus one is not mine. My bonus one was the easy one. Okay, so you're, it'll be pretty easy. This one me. should be easy. It's the only okay. one that I. Um, All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we don't we uh, we don't currently carry this one. Okay, my good spot here, hand wise. Yes. Okay. You said we don't currently have. No, this we one? do not currently carry this oh, one. It's got some weight. We to haven't it. we haven't carried it in a it's long got some time. Weight to it. Oh, okay. So. Magnetic cap. Oh, I think I know what this is. Drew. What? This isn't a pen that we ever sold. Maybe not we, but the Goulet pen. This is a pen I made. The pen. The Goulet pen company has sold this pen. Yes, that's true. The roller ball, yes. (laughs) Okay, yes. This is technically, oh, what did we call this pen? I can't remember. Yeah, this is... This is the one that, that uh, this is made out of Kingwood, actually. This is Kingwood, yep. Yeah, look at that. Drew Brown engraved yep. on there. Drew bought this before he started working. Here. I did not buy it. This was a you, this was Oh, a this gift. was a gift. That's this right. Was this was gift. your wedding gift, mm-hmm. yeah. 2008. Look at that. Number 259, is that right? Mm. 269. Look at that engraved there. There the we number. go. Man, this still looks good. It's, it's a great pen. Wow. It's a great pen. I do like Kingwood, that is a, such a good-looking wood. Mm-hmm. That gunmetal, too? Yeah. i got to be honest. I did not anticipate my pens would hold up this long, but that's pretty cool. And there's no cracking either. Yeah, a little bit. You can see a little of the grain, but overall, it's held up pretty well. Yeah. Very cool. There we go. So that was That's your, a good one, Drew. That was your bonus round pen. Still got it, though. Still got it. <laughs> you did. All right, this one. This one's going to be easy okay. for you, probably, but we'll see. I, I pegged this one as one of the, my, one of the easier ones. 
I think you'll get it. It's got some some very distinguishable characteristics okay. that I think will that will jump right. Okay, out it's a bit you. chunky. A little chunkiness to it. You've got some some texture here on the center band. Mm-hmm. Hardy center band. A yep. Very wimpy clip. Oh wait, hold on. Oh, Curve, clip, it curves clip, upward. The clip is a pretty dead giveaway. Oh wait. Oh, this is a paniter. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a paniter um, quill clip. Mm-hmm. All right. I so, knew I knew you would recognize the clip yeah, immediately. So that's oh yeah. So this is a Lagrande Belleza. Yep. 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 It was easy. There we go. Yeah, the magnetic, the twist magnetic cap is yeah. pretty dead giveaway. Yeah, but and I know you like that clip that and clip, that you would recognize yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. If you even I, got to the I, point where you yeah. felt the nib, I knew you would <laughs> recognize that immediately. So yeah, this is the very nice. easy one. But yeah, anyway, I thought it'd be fun. That's a fun one. Nice. Very cool. Well, that yeah. was enjoyable. That was cool. That was a fun little jaunt. Now remember back in the day when we did uh, the right now we we tried to guess nib size as well. Which was ridiculous. Yeah, Brian pulled out like a left, <laughs> like an oblique, left oblique, oblique medium 2000. or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy, 2000. Yeah, but what nib what size? Nib size? Like, and you're like, hmm. Man, I don't know. Yep. Cool. cool. Well, hey, fun. you know, I guess I think that you kind of squeaked it out on that one because you got everyone without uh, any help. Um, and the uh, Technically, I didn't, get the, I didn't get the resin type properly. Well, that wasn't If you want to yeah, get that's super that, technical. But hey, we, we, I think we both... Could have been a lot worse. Showed, earned some respect on that one. Could have been a lot worse. <laughs> All, All right. right. Cool. So what is happening? What is happening, Drew? What's happening? Yep. Well, what's happening in my life? Uh, it's early I, July. I had I had the 4th of July. Did you Did you have 4th of July? Did I have 4th yeah, of July? 4th of July happened for me. It right? happened? Yeah, it did. Uh, We didn't like do anything. No, neither, neither did we. But it was a thing. It did happen. Yeah. Um, we, we had it. We yeah. had it. I We got the day off uh, Monday since the 4th was technically a Sunday. Sunday. Technically. Yep. It literally was a Sunday. Yeah. Both technically um, and literally. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Sunday we didn't do anything. It was kind of a regular Sunday. Mm-hmm. We went swimming at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Monday I just stayed at home with uh, my seven-year-old all day. And cool. we watched movies, played video games, and jumped around in the sprinkler. And after about 15 minutes, I realized I'm tired now. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, yeah. hey, let me do this fun thing. Let me create some outdoor July 4th memories. I'm like, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I did this thing where I was like, we were jumping through the, the sprinkler thing. It was one of those like shh, going back and forth type oh, yeah. of sprinklers. Oh yeah. And I was pretending like every time I would chase him through it, we would be in a different time period, and I'd pretend to be like, oh wow, a bad guy from a different time period, and I'd chase him through it again, and then I'd be a different time period, like I was wow. a samurai, and then a cowboy, and then a caveman, and then of course he wanted me to keep doing that. And oh, keep. And that. every time he thinks about a sprinkler now, he's going to want you to do that. Yeah, it see, was, I don't. It was fun for a little while. Yeah, you're rookie, rookie dad here. <laughs> I don't do that type of stuff with my kids anymore because I know what that's going to mean. I just, why can't, why can't things just end and we, we just reflect on how it was fun in the past yeah, and we well, move on. You got to crush your kids' dreams because they're going to associate <laughs> that being fun. They're going to want to do that every time and all they're going to remember is how you said no oh. 24 consecutive times after that. <laughs> And then they're going to need therapy later on in life. <laughs> uh, I was like, he's like, what's next? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know any more time periods. He's like, what about George Washington? I said, like, we already did Alexander Hamilton. Why don't wow. Well, that's cool, though. You got an <sighs> educational experience for your, your son there. Yeah. Well, it ended yeah. up just being Hamilton and Washington sending him back and forth through different battles and saying, nice. get out of here. You belong over there and get out of here. You belong there. So I just, I got, oh, I got a little okay. repetitive. The All creativity right. juices yeah, well, waned. The sun, the sun will zap you a little bit too. Oh yeah, yeah. Were yeah. you like fully clothed? 
covered like no, a wetsuit or something? I had uh, I left my one pair of swim trunks at our friend's house on Sunday. Yeah. Um. So on Monday, so your legs saw I, sunlight. I had no swim trunks, so I had this. <laughs> I have these one really like you know how like long swim trunks are not in style right now. Well, uh, they're they're. You're not. asking me what's in style they're right now. <laughs> Uh, well, these things are long. I'm wearing cargo shorts again today, by the way. <laughs> these things are long. I got them from Costco like years ago. Okay. They're board shorts. They're like uh, yeah. board shorts that were cool in like maybe yeah. 15 years ago. Oh, I wear board shorts. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally cool. They're, they're, they're pretty horrendous. But anyway, yeah, wore those. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, that, right. but no, but then long sleeve rash guard and a hat. So, wow. Yes. Okay. Pretty much fully clothed. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. What about you? Um, I took the week off last week. That's right. Yeah. Rachel and I went to visit her parents. Um, our kids did an art camp, so they got to do some painting, which was pretty cool. Did they do cool. that up north? Up or there, yeah. Here? Oh, yeah. Wow. So Rachel's mother likes to paint, and she's got a neighbor, like, friend of hers who's an artist and a painter and does, te- like, classes and stuff. So she's been taking lessons from her, um, kind of rekindling in her later years. Oh, cool. You know, kind of a retirement tour type of thing, like nice. rediscovering her love for art and painting. Her mom's a piano, well, she was a piano teacher. She was really into music, but she painted but hasn't in a long time, so she's kind of rediscovering it kind of thing and uh, yeah so our kids express some interest my kids are very artistic they draw and all that kind of stuff um, so yeah we thought it'd be kind of fun to you know have them do some structured you know art classes nice. how much how much do you have hanging on your walls now oh they have quite a few they're all like animal crossing uh, characters and pictures of our hamster basically. And, and sonic the hedgehog no they didn't do any sonic joseph didn't do any oh uh, he did one sonic i think all right i was about to say yeah. that that man's doing like novellas about yeah. sonic oh they both <laughs> yeah they both have like cartoon i don't know they staple loose leaf sheets together into these huge books and make yep cartoons out of them joseph has a whole collection now of sonic the hedgehog and ellie has animal crossing ones that is amazing she has a lot of the animal crossing characters memorized there's 400 something of them it's like pokemon there are just so many of them oh my god but anyway and they they that's all they want to talk about at the dinner table and Rachel can keep up with them, and I cannot in any way whatsoever. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Who's your how many? Who's your favorite Animal Crossing hamster? I'm like, freaking no. <laughs> There's nine of them. Really? Okay. Yeah, I just can't retain any of that. My brain's too filled with other things. But anyway, great time with the kids. I, you know, we 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 went up there. Got lots of good family time. Their cousins are up there, so we did lots of the pool and the whole thing. It was freaking hot yeah and we all got sick of the heat in the pool and all that kind of stuff but it was still really fun uh, i also went mountain biking and got caught in a huge thunderstorm i kind of knew that the chance of the storm was coming and i was okay with being caught in i was like on a trail i wasn't yeah. worried about that's really cool my you, actual you safety used to mountain bike a lot more right i did it more in college and yeah. i do road biking and stuff but i got a mountain bike last year and i've been doing it here and there that's awesome uh, yeah it's, it's just a little in some ways safer than being on the road with cars that can hit you. So I'd like to mix it up a little bit. Huh. Also, if I'm short on time, I can literally just hop on my mountain bike and go ride in like my clothes that I'm wearing and not have to clip in my shoes oh, and do the whole right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, nice to be able to just jump on for 10 minutes, get my heart rate up and then keep on going, which of course now, you know, if I do that being summertime, I will sweat profusely for three straight hours. If I work out for 10 minutes during the middle of the day, but you know, you could get, just get your heart rate up talking to your kids about animal crossing. That gets my heart rate down. <laughs> it gets their heart rate up maybe, but I just can't. It puts me to sleep. Uh, so anyway, the uh, but in the downtime that I had while the kids were off doing their thing during art camp, 
I had lots of hard drives that I brought up with all of our old Goulet video archive footage. We have 12 years of footage, 2,000 some videos, um, is a total of 60 terabytes of video footage that needed reorganizing and archiving and you know moving things into cold storage and we keep the old footage stored in multiple locations and all this and it just needed some heavy duty cleanup. I've been working on this for a while but I really wanted to do a big kind of final push and get Oof. it all sorted out. So lots and lots of it, I, cre I mean, there's spreadsheets and all kinds of stuff involved with archiving this stuff. So I spent that many hours doing that on my time off, which was actually, kind of nice to do because yeah. it'd been hanging over my head for a bit and then <laughs> as if the fun wasn't already there I created a big spreadsheet and actually found an app where I cataloged all of my tools and equipment that I have for maintaining my home and in my workshop and all these types of things and got serial numbers and all the model numbers and downloaded all the digital copies of the user manuals and registered the warranty information and all that stuff for all of my tools and equipment. And I found this cool app. It's called Oilmanac, no affiliation, but uh, it's a Mac app that I was able to download and you can enter in all of your various leaf blowers and lawn mowers and all that type of stuff. And it like has all your spark plugs and oil change schedule and all that kind of stuff. And it manages it all within the app. And then I can just basically look at every three months, six months, whatever. And I can see when my air filters need to be cleaned and when the spark plug needs to be changed. Cause you know, it's like you just have all this equipment and you realize, oh, it's been three years and I've never cleaned the air filter and you pull it out and there's like you know, dead birds and stuff in there. And it's so clogged and nasty and your equipment doesn't work and you clean it out and you're like, Oh, this works so much better. So just, you know, got, got all my stuff together for maintaining wow. my equipment. Yeah. It was like pretty, pretty nerdy, nerdtastic kind of stuff. I mean, I really, I really went, went deep on the equipment maintenance kind of thing. So this, these are, these are the things when you are approaching middle age that you tend to get excited about. You're like, Oh yes, I get to, <laughs> organize all my warranty information and user manuals for the equipment that I use to maintain my house. That's what I choose to do in my downtime. Okay. So yeah, hey, hey, it was what? a big involved project, but that's what I was up doing until like midnight every night during my time off. It was pretty exciting. Wow. I don't think I did anything that productive. <laughs> this is what I do in my downtime is I'm, I feel really good if I'm productive. I had plenty of actual downtime. Too, I added an worry. Atari to my gaming <laughs> shelf. If that, yeah, that, that, you no. got an Atari? Yeah. I did. I did. Yeah. Like the, was it a 2600? Is that the original? Yes. Yeah. It was a 2600. Hey. The second generation 2600. Not okay. the big 2600. It okay. was a smaller second generation one. Okay. Okay. But um, nice. yeah, actually a, uh, an Instagram friend um, had a family member pass away and mm. um, in an effort to both relinquish the memory and to also pass along something that he knew would be taken mm. care of. Yeah. He selected myself as the custodian for well that's that pretty thing. cool yeah i thought it was super cool so good i karma. gave good it a good karma. gave it a good cleaning nice put it on display made a spot for my gamecube which um oh yeah i realized i had that i didn't think i had i was talking hmm. about my collection the other day at an event where my brother zach was at and um he's like oh yeah um i still have your gamecube i'm like wait what because i haven't had that for probably 10 plus years yeah that's an old system at um, this point. And apparently I let him borrow it like a decade ago. <laughs> and he just never gave it back. And he never gave it back. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want that back? I'm like, wait, what? You have that? Wow. I, th I thought I sold it to EB Games or whatever, like, you know, a decade ago for, wow. some, for some, like, stupid game. And 
come to find out, he's had the thing the whole time. Huh. So he's finally given it back so I can nice. put it up there. Look at you. So then I will have accidentally have all the Nintendo systems except for the Wii U. So I guess I have to get that one now. Do you? No, I don't want that one. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> all right. So there we go. We're nice. definitely not nerds. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. That's the... Um, <laughs> want to move right. on to uh, company comp- updates. Company, company updates. updates. We'll do this quickly. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is that we're steadily increasing our audio listeners on the PenCast. So want to welcome everybody who's a, a newer listener. I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know if you normally watch the video and you're just migrating over or if we're actually finding new people through the PenCast. I have no idea because there's no way to comment or anything through the audio version. So you just are kind of lurking. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> I guess do do people on podcasts ask like ask for ratings and reviews and stuff? Do we need to start? doing That is that? a thing. I don't know how much that matters anymore. Mm. I hear other podcasters talking about how they don't know how much it matters anymore. Do we need to start talking about like Dollar Shave Club or some sort of men's like solid cologne, <laughs> some sort of mattress that we're yeah, selling or something yeah. like that? No, we're self sponsored, <laughs> so we're not gonna. We don't have to do any of that. Does the Goulet Pen Company need to sell any of these products? Do we need to start selling Goulet mattresses? I mean, if we did, they would be blue. I can tell you that I'm sure much. The, I'm sure the warehouse <laughs> uh, team would love. Oh, they would love to be selling mattresses. Yeah, Pens and mattresses. I think yeah, what Casper does. They just have like a team of people sit on them and then yeah. they put them in a box. Right? There you go. Yeah. yeah Easy. Yeah, something like that. Uh, no. So that's kind of cool. Welcome, all audio listeners. I guess, yes, whatever platform you are listening on this, there's many of them now. Leave a review, five stars preferably, because that would actually help us in some way. I don't really know. I don't know. That would be cool. That's what people say. But anyway, some people are finding us somehow on there, so that's kind of cool. Uh, we also did a uh, community service event we here did. recently for our whole team. So it's been, you know, more interesting with virtual things and, you know, how do you volunteer and do this type of stuff, especially with company-wide events. That's been more complicated. Yeah, in the so past, we, what the company has done is we allow a 40-hour service week where the company, you know, mm-hmm. compensates any individual who's been here for yeah. more than a year to go and um, work a week or 40 hours equivalent yeah. um, at a nonprofit. Profit, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, get they're paid, choosing get and paid for it. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's generally what mm-hmm. we do. But then we also, in addition to that, often have company-wide uh, or company-sponsored events yeah. where we can all kind of get together and do a community service event yeah. as a team. Yeah. Um, so but, there's an there's an organization that's local here called Rise Against Hunger, and uh, basically you're you're packing up meals to send to. Um, you know, underserved nations and in place where there's especially a high rate of, of children who don't have adequate food. So uh, we have been involved with them before and we couldn't do it the same, actually physically packing up the yeah, food we've items. we've done that a couple times. Yeah, but they put together a little virtual event for us and then we, you know, basically gave money so mm-hmm. that they could uh, kind of still keep doing their thing. So we got to do that and that was pretty neat to mm-hmm. give, give back a little bit. Um, and then just a general statement of just we're into the summer now. Seems like a lot of people have things going on you know, depending on where you might be in the country or the world, you may still be kind of quarantining or you may be, you know, getting out there and and stuff like that. So whatever the situation is, we are noticing lower order volume, lower traffic to all of our website and YouTube page and everything. So uh, I think we are just embracing that. We have a lot of our team who are taking time off because the holidays get busier for us. So we try to do more like team member training and take more time off. I take some time off myself. And uh, so we have a lot more just of that happening, slower pace, and we're kind of okay with that over the summer. It's pretty standard for this time of year. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
All right, let's move on to what's on your desk, and then we're going to get to wrapping up here soon. All so, right. Drew, what have you got on your desk? Well, a big thing happened to me because, Ooh. like I told you a couple weeks ago, I don't currently or I didn't currently mm. own any Twisbees. I have not owned a Twisbee or purchased a Twisbee since I had my 540. Um, Which was eight years ago? It was a long time ago. And, it, time and, ago. It, and that was when Twisby was having some cracking So do issues. you not have the 540 anymore? No, it, it became, uh, it cracked and fell apart. And then we, mm. rather than sending it to Twisby for a replacement, because at the time they were taking care of anybody who had cracking oh, yeah, issues. Yeah. And they still will, but the yeah. cracking issues aren't really a thing anymore. They've, that was Gen 1 yeah. pen, you know. Uh, but no, we had a... Um, uh, I think a chili competition or mac and cheese competition here. Oh, yeah. And it got glued to a gnome that then became a trophy for ah, the so winner you, you of said... sacrificed it for the greater I good. donated it, yes. Okay, so okay. So it lives um, immemorial yes. some, somewhere. But yeah, last week I came into possession of an eco, and then I traded uh, Adrian a pen for uh, two pens for two of her pens. So now mm. I own a VAC 700 Iris Hey-o. and a Prussian blue 580. Wow. So I went from none Twisbees to some great Twisbees, a clear eco VAC 700 100 Iris and a Prussian blue 580. You can like, that's like perfect. That's so I have now solid. all the Twisbees I need wow. until they come out with more Irises and, and other models. Yeah. This is what a couple of weeks ago you said, yeah, I don't actually own any Twisbees. It's like, how is that even possible? I know. How do you not have any? And you were like, they're always around. Like we have yeah. a lot of them around the office. I've been consistently writing so, with Twisbees for years. Yeah, but you, you haven't know, like just personally write. possessed one to call your own, yep. which I guess that makes sense if they're always around and you're constantly testing them and these types of things. But there you go. Look at that. That is a good blue. I thought about making that one of the pens for the contest thing today, mm. and I was like, that's way too obvious. Yeah. Between the diamond and then the grip, like you yeah. recognize it immediately. But I'm a happy camper. Nice. What's That's on your desk, one. Brian? That's a solid Goulet. one. Um, well, basically, I took a lot of time off, so nothing. I, <laughs> I mean, videos, hard drives. That's been <laughs> on my desk. Um, there are, let's see here, uh, 20, 20 different hard drives that I've had to manage. That sounds disgusting. No, and actually, there's more than that. 26 total when I count all the, the smaller portable ones. <laughs> 26 different hard drives to manage all this footage over 12 years with different naming conventions and different programs that we use to edit everything. Started out in iMovie and then we went to Final Cut and now we're in Premiere. Uh. So different catalog structures for all of those videos, different naming conventions. It's been kind of exhausting to go through that 12 years worth of stuff, but it's much more organized now than it's ever, ever been. So that's kind of fun. Thank you. You did a lot of. I've yet to show you like all the details of it. You did a lot of not fun things, but very helpful things, it sounds like. I I sort of, you know what I did? So this is something, I guess this kind of fits into the vibe. So I created a, a, a list of things. I called them ARTS. It's an acronym, actively resisting tasks. So there are things that I know that I need to do that I think about a lot, but I have like an emotional, like visceral reaction to like, I don't want to do this thing. And then I like shove it aside and we'll do lots of other things, but I constantly just have this thing hanging over my head, Mm -hmm. you know, and like the registering things for warranty, like that falls under it. Like I replace my hot water heater and I need to like register it of a warranty thing. It's like not exciting at all, but if your water heater like has a problem, you want to be able to get it taken care of under a warranty. Like these are the adulting things that like just nobody wants to do. No. Reading up on insurance paperwork and like all this random crap. 
and like reorganizing the hard drives and all that and that fit all into that camp so i just made a list of all these different things that were all just the worst and honestly just making a list of them and putting them in in kind of that bucket i was like okay this is now like a manageable thing for me to do so it sounds crazy and again i'm not like writing with pens daily as much as I would if I was in the office or mm-hmm. whatever. But I actually found that sitting down, writing these things down in my journal with a pen and paper, it just, it put it right there. And it was like, oh, okay, it's only this many tasks. And it just helped to make it be from this cloudy emotional thing to, oh, this is just a list of tasks. Yeah. Okay. And then I kind of broke it down and then I physically crossed them off when I do them. And I've done more than half of them now in the last two weeks, even over a vacation, just from having it clearly defined. And then it's like, I kind of snowballed it a little bit. I was like, I'll start with this one because it's it won't take me that long or it's painful, but I know I'll get through it. And I've had roadblocks and other things, but I just, I keep persevering now. And I have this list of things. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to pound all these things out. And that's going to be like the thing that I do in my free time. And then once I get through it, it's going to be like the chains have been like taken off me because I'm, I, like I don't that. feel bound down by these things that I've had hanging over my own head for a while. So yeah. I like that. It's it's just like, you know, in uh, in the Witcher game that I play frequently, there are ghosts that mm. you cannot attack because they are they are they're not corporeal. And then there is oh. a uh or they are corporeal, whatever that. Anyway, you need to cast a spell, and when they enter the spell zone, they become no corporeal is real, ethereal is the opposite. I think. Anyway, you oh, can you can okay. you can slice them and punch them when they're in the square. So oh, that's interesting. They were uh, all yes. floaty, cloudy things. That's exactly what it was. And then you made them material, so they were punchable. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. I just brought it down enough out of the ethereal. So that you could punch it. Turned it into something tangible. So you could attack it. I could attack it. Yeah, Boom. That's exactly it. Just like a wizard. Exactly well it. done, Brian. Good good analogy. I was, <laughs> I was seeing where you're going with that one, but you, you brought it home there. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, I think we can go ahead and wrap this I up. I think we can. It's been a super long one again. I think we're pushing. That's uh, not the worst in the world. How long is it? One hour? Is it an hour 41? Okay. I don't know. That's not as bad. I thought we were pushing two hours, but you know, it's all good. All right. So as we wrap this up, I just want to say thanks for watching. Please yes. leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. You can leave the feedback on YouTube. Um, you can send us an email to pencast at, it's on the next page. Kool-Aidpens.com. If you're listening to the audio version, we'll look at that every now and then. Um, yeah, but. I do have a fun random fact for you. Oh, please do. My apologies because I'm going to blow your freaking mind at the end of this long podcast. All right. With some fun facts. I know you like sciencey things, Drew. I do. And you, you're a fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson. Not that this has anything to do with him, but he, oh. he likes to just like dish out these mind blowing things. Uh, and that's kind of the general vibe of what we're going with here. Okay. Sort of alluding to the dinosaur stuff, but not specifically about dinosaurs. So here's a bunch of random things. All right. Human beings may dominate the planet with our sprawling cities and far-reaching technology, but we are in fact just one species among some 8.7 million species that live together on planet Earth. On one 2011 study published in the journal PLOS Biology, I don't know if it's PLOS or PLOS, but either way, it estimated that the various forms of life on the planet included 7.8 million species of animals, 298,000 species of plants, 611,000 species of mushrooms, mold, and other fungi. Think about it, different species we're talking about. Um, And 36,400 species of protozoa 
and 27,500 species of algae or chromists. And it's worth noting that the researchers did not venture to put an estimate on the number of bacteria because it's close to impossible to track how many different bacteria there are. There's some estimated 30,000 named bacteria, but they estimate there's well over a billion different types of bacteria in total. Anyway, even wilder, nearly all the species to have ever existed on Earth are actually extinct. We walk an Earth that has seen the extinction of 99.9% .9 of all the species who've ever lived on it, according to PBS. So if you do that math, 8.7 million as one-tenth of a percent, that's roughly 869 billion species of things, not counting bacteria that have lived on the Earth. Yeah, my brain broke after like the <laughs> second number. <laughs> but it sounds It's impressive. a lot of big numbers. Yeah. It's basically is this... That's pretty wild. I, I like I like facts like that because um, it's it's they, humbling they in a way. Yeah, well, yeah, they <laughs> both make you feel completely pointless and insignificant, but also make you realize just how incredibly, wildly, insanely fortunate we are to be right here in this moment. Yes. So it's 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 painful at first. You're just like, I don't matter at all, but then you're like, wait a second, you know what? I'm here. We are here. I'm here. And so we're like hey. the, the only known beings that can even conceive yeah. of any of this too. So it's cool. That's yeah, a fun. It's those, those, those are those are fun wild. moments. Yeah, these are the things that I like to like, contemplate. Yeah. When I'm in my downtime when I'm not cataloging tool, <laughs> you know, serial numbers and these types of things. Yep. Anyway, super lame, but this is the thing to get excited about now. Absolutely. Anyway, thank you all so much for watching. We hope you. Oh, there's one other thing we forgot to mention. We're gonna start to attempt to do this more regularly i think we have it planned to do one next week oh my we talked about doing these weekly and then i realized i'm taking a couple of weeks off and we're gonna <laughs> so not off next week right not next week well but then the, we'll be back but i will be off the week after That's so fine. we're gonna start doing it weekly but it won't actually start to feel weekly until yeah. probably like mid-august but anyway so that'll happen so you'll hopefully all goes well see another pencast next week all right thanks everybody right on <laughs>